Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. We're inviting you to push back darkness. Father God, we're inviting you to help us understand the authority that we serve under and the authority that flows out from us. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we want to be full of your power and your strength every day. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Um, One of the things that... I have this love-hate relationship with Instagram, but one of the things that I love are hashtag Everyday Carry, EDC. Everyday Carry? Anyone? Yeah? <laughs> All right. Okay, Everyday Carry is this where you like, you take your pocket, you empty it out, and you go like, here's what I carry every day. Okay, so I've got my minimalist wallet. Of course, you got your phone. course, course. Got my minimalist wallet back here, which is becoming less and less minimal the more. <laughs> I, I, I actually switched to this so like when I put it in my back pocket, I wouldn't like tilt over when I sat down like George Costanza Seinfeld, if you ever remember that episode. I, I always, up to this point in my life, I've almost always carried a Swiss Army knife since I was in my teens. I have three girls. Every time one of them has grown up and moved out or stepped out on their own, there's this moment where I feel like they, they need this more than I do. I've actually gone through three Swiss Army knives as each one of my kids has grown up and just hit that, that age of like responsibility and just like they're going for it. I'm like, you know what you need? <laughs> you need a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, don't, don't worry about it. Just here, take this. And my Swiss Army knife... I get the same model every time. I think it's called Fireman's. It's a Swiss Army knife. It's Fireman's model, something like that. But it's got like this huge locking blade with a thumb, thumb ring on it. It can pop open. It's got a saw blade on it. They can take down trees probably up to that width, which I've done. It's got tweezers. It's got a flathead screwdriver. It's got a, it's got a Phillips screwdriver on it. I can leather punch, though I've never punched leather with it. But I have used it almost every, every day. And I said, where you're going, you need this. And I give it to him. I'm without a Swiss Army knife right now. And I was like, did I hear an aw? <laughs> but a friend, a friend of mine actually was going through their stuff and it was very significant to them, but they were giving away significant um, objects of theirs as they tried to minimalize their life. And they gave me this, uh, it is just a rockin' knife. It is, it's got Kershaw on it. And man, this thing, it is not Swiss, but it's, it's like, it's got, every, well, it's got everything you need in a blade. Um, it's not a weapon. It's a knife. There's a difference. Um, but it just pops open so nice like that. Um, but you can't, you can't do... You can't unscrew something with this. You can't pry things open because like the, the blade is just perfect. And you don't want to like, I used it the other day to jimmy open a, a screw on something and I was like, oh, I don't feel good doing this. It just, it bugged me. 
So I'm like, I'm, I'm missing that. It's perfect for what it is, but it's not that. So I went down to a hardware store. It's a used hardware store, and I just bought an old chisel. And I started Googling every YouTube video on everyday carry pry bars. So I took this, it's an old chisel, I clamped my angle grinder to my workbench because I don't have a real grinder. So I took two clamps and clamped my angle grinder to the, to the front of the, the thing and I just started grinding away on this thing. And it's got a perfect screwdriver head, like flathead, I can get in with that. And it's got a pry bar, it's got a little angle on the end. This thing is solid. I'm hoping this replaces my Swiss Army knife. It rocks. And if you're saying, Tim, you should not clamp an angle grinder to a workbench, you'd be right in saying that. <laughs> Four out of five times, it works just fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> I, had, I had goggles on. It was all safe. It was all safe. Everyday, where am I going, Tim? <laughs> Everyday carry. Everyday carry. What I want to do today... I want to talk about a few everyday carry items for relationships. Ah, now you see where I was. It all makes sense now. Everyday carry items for relationships. And as I was going through my Bible, I got to Ephesians 6. And Ephesians 6 is this powerful passage that talks about us dealing with literally, the Bible uses the word cosmic powers. We have it within our authority to deal with cosmic powers. I was like, okay, let me just read one passage. This is Ephesians 6 verse 12 in the ESV. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Wow. Wow. Uh, where does that literally come into play, Tim? Um, that is a whole story in itself. If you want to know more about spiritual beings in the spiritual realm, a great, go back to YouTube, YouTube video by a, a group called The Bible Project. Um, and they did something in collaboration with a guy named Michael Heiser. And they, there's a playlist called Spiritual Beings. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's all biblical. And I listen to these guys at Bible Project actually wrestle with this because they're very conservative. They don't come from a uh, woo-woo spiritual background. They're very solid, very, you know, just like, I don't know what to make of this. This is what they're saying. And I just like, it's in there, so I can't ignore it. What do I do with that? And this is part of their wrestling with that. But there's something they talk about in Ephesians 6 where he says, we actually don't wrestle with people unless you literally wrestle with people, unless you do jujitsu or something like that. We don't wrestle with people. We wrestle with spiritual authorities. We deal with them. We love people. We deal with them. We love people. We deal with spiritual authorities. This is what it comes down to. And what I noticed about Ephesians that's actually the, the, the finishing move right there, talking about dealing with cosmic powers. And they actually, if you, if you read Ephesians backwards, it goes from dealing with cosmic powers to work, to kids, to marriage, 
to your walk with God. And I want to say, maybe this is all I'll say, is Jesus-filled relationships bring light in, they push dark out, and they release incredible power. And this is what you'll get, hopefully, if you read Ephesians. You walk backwards. Like I said, you walk backwards from cosmic powers and you see him defining, you see Paul addressing the relationship between servants and masters. You see him reeling back a little bit more, dealing with the relationship between children and parents, which is so crucial. You see the difference, uh, the, the conversations between wives and husbands. And then you see the beginning of chapter five. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Love and sacrifice are what is our business. Love and sacrifice. There are some touchy passages in here that I did not want to go to because they talk about submission. And I thought about making a, a joke about it. I, was, I know policemen in this, in this church, and I was like, can I borrow some Kevlar just to put on, just as a joke when I talk about submission? And I was like, actually, I thought about it. I was like, it's really not that funny. <laughs> Maybe to some. Maybe to some. But all of us are in circles of authority, and they move out from there. I may talk about things today that I've talked about with people here because I do pastoral care. Um, if I happen to mention a theme, please, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people like us. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about my experience and a myriad of experiences I've had as I've had conversations with married people in this church over years now. And I know God calls us upward. Calls us upward. I was terrified, and I think I've said this a number of times, I was terrified when I proposed to Melissa because I didn't know if I would repeat the divorce of my parents. And I had no idea if there was a second gear to, share, to, to, to shift my marriage into that would take it beyond what I had seen before. I was scared by that. And I, I told Melissa, I love you by faith. I didn't say that. I didn't, say, I didn't use that phrase. Like in my heart, I'm like, by faith, I'm going to love this person. And I'm going to hope and pray that God has a way out of this that's going to take it beyond what I am afraid it could crash apart into. And I would say, I love you to Melissa. And that was 20 seven years ago. <laughs> mm, mm. Oh, this is a kind of a, this week kind of makes it or breaks it for me because it's Melissa's birthday this week and uh, it's Valentine's Day. So this, this week, this year either goes, you know, really well after this, after this week or, you know, we'll, we'll just see. We'll see where it goes. But a lot of things happen this week. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Chapter five in Ephesians really is, is, is sort of the beginning of the practical aspect of Paul's teaching here. He spent the first few chapters talking about what God did for us. He's, he's praying that our eyes would literally, the eyes of our heart would literally be opened to what God has done for us and where he has placed us. It says that he has seated us with him in heavenly places. He talks about us being examples to spiritual authorities in heaven of his kindness and his grace. And sometimes I'm like, where is this all happening? I do not feel a thing. Nothing. Nothing. Pastor Fenn was so eloquent last in the last couple of weeks of his preaching about the tension between um, the presence of God and missing the presence of God. And it's okay to say, I do not feel God right now. So what do we do? And he leads us in examples of kneeling and praying and worshiping and seeking the face of God. And that is what you do when you don't feel God. You seek his face. You allow the light of Christ to shine in you to deal with anything that is sitting there. And you say, yes, whatever you want, remove every shadow, look in every corner. I'm not gonna get introspective here. I don't have the eyes for it anyway. Holy Spirit, you know all, you see all. And I'm just going to just receive the love and the grace of Christ. I'm gonna seek your face while I do it. This is what we do. We manifest the love and the power and the presence of God as we love people. These Jesus-filled relationships, they bring light in, they push dark out, and they release power. You see Ephesians 5 talk about all the things that can get in the way. You see it talk about sexual immorality. That does not close the door. That just means it's something that light needs to shine on so that you can walk past and be forgiven, wash clean, and go farther into what God has for you. It talks about let no one deceive you with empty words. It talks about walking as children of light. It talks about discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. It says down in verse 14, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. And then finally, at the end of this passage, before it gets into the relationships of people, it says, Be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting is a terrifying thing. It means that you're limiting yourself in some ways. It means that you're not really limiting, but there's someone else's plans that maybe need to be taken into account and paid attention to, namely Christ's. And I have to look at the times in my life when I've asked God to bless my plans. Um... God is, oftentimes God has actually given me a white piece of paper, just, just a blank piece of paper, and just said, go for it, Tim. Uh, he says this to David quite, in, in one passage, he says, do whatever it seems right to you. Uh, but that was 
with the qualified that he was submitting his life to God, that he had given himself over to him to shine his light on any area possible. The first area he talks about is wives and husbands. Keeping in mind that every relationship after, uh, on from this point is with the admonition to be filled with the Spirit and submitting to one another in reverence for Christ. Every one of these relationships. And at the end of this train, it talks about you're not going to be wrestling against people. You're going to be wrestling with cosmic powers. We humble ourselves before the Lord so he can lift us up. And by doing that, darkness is pushed back, light is brought in, we are changed, and demons flee. In Acts 19, before I get into this, I want to just read one more thing. Acts 19, verse 13 to 15. This is in the book of Acts. It's talking about how powerful the word of Jesus was. The name of Jesus was so powerful. It says in Acts 19, verse 13 and 15, it says, Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists, a Jewish exorcist, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. They said, this name Jesus seems to really work. Paul seems to use this, and demons seem to go. So seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirits answered them, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize. But who are you? But who are you? Uh, it, it's about who you know. It's how you get jobs, who you know. It's how you actually take care of demons. It's, it's who you know. Um, as we know Jesus, authority comes. As we submit ourselves to Christ, his authority rules over us. Verse 22 in Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, as he himself is its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I feel a lot of death in that relationship, a bit of dying. I don't know if you've um, ever seen the movie The Untouchables, Sean Connery. It's about gangsters. Um, there's a scene in The Untouchables where Elliot Ness, this is during Prohibition, this is the 1930s, he has to... Um, a deal with the mafia in Chicago. He doesn't know how to do it. He sits down with Sean Connery's character in a church, and Sean Connery just says, here's how you get Capone. He brings a knife. You bring a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. 
and then he shakes his hand. He shakes Elliot Ness's hand and goes, do you know what a blood oath is? And he's like, yes, good. You just made one. We made an oath. As men who got married, we made an oath to give ourselves, to give our lives up for our wives. To give ourselves up for her. As Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for her, we made that pledge to our wives. I spent, and maybe I should say my, my wife spent the first couple of years of our marriage waiting for me to do that. As you move from um, a guy that's used to just living for his own self, living for his own life, to someone who's realizing he just married somebody, he just shared his life with someone, and now he has to make room for her in her life. He has to realize that he loved her for a reason, because she completes him, maybe in some ways. But more than that, she brings out everything. If he commits to this relationship, that relationship will bring out everything that he is supposed to be. And maybe you're not called to be married, that's fine. That God will call out everything in you through the relationships around you. I'm just talking to married people at this moment. I find uh, some women are terrified of that word. And maybe, I, and I think there's a big story behind why that might be. When I first started doing weddings, I remember one of my first weddings, this is, this is maybe 10 years ago now. Um, we were just coming up to the week before the wedding and the person we'd been, the couple we'd been walking with, all of a sudden out of the blue just says to me, I don't want you saying anything about submission. Okay. Uh, this is going to be, ch- I, I actually, okay, this is going to be challenging. This is going to be challenging because I'm not, I'm not declaring you roommates. I'm declaring you man and wife. I'm declaring you becoming one flesh. There's other people that we would sit down, and, and this is over the course of years, hearing a similar conversation where the, the, the woman, the wife is like, I wish he would just take charge. I wish he would just lead. And I, the picture I get is of a car driving down the highway at about 100 kilometers an hour, and no one's hand is on the wheel. And it's two people just sitting there just watching the pavement, like, coming up. And like... That is not relaxing at all. Not at all. And if the man will not put his hand on the wheel, someone from the passenger side will just reach over and just start driving because otherwise we're just going to smash. And there is this challenge for men to rise up and take the wheel and to partner with the person that they've committed to giving their lives for as Christ so loved the church. It is not a limit that is put on us as we submit because this is not the first place where we hear about this. This is how the church functions. The church submits to Christ. That is the bride of Christ. It follows Christ. And Christ gave his life for the church. 
And if any man would want to abuse that word submit, they should know that that is the same relationship that they have with Christ. Does that limit you in any which way or does it release your potential? It releases it. If you go to Ephesians chapter four, in verse 11, it says, Christ, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ. The whole purpose of church is not to hold people down. It is to nurture and release all potential energy within us. Did you know that about a month ago, there was a scientific achievement where we actually achieved cold fusion? Anybody hear about that on the news? It happened about a month ago. Cold fusion. So what? So what? Cold fusion. Here's what fusion is. Our sun does this. I don't have a sun. I'm just talking about the sun. The sun does this. The sun does this where fusion happens where there's so much energy in the sun. It actually happens in the sun by, by, by the weight of the sun actually crashing down on atoms. But atoms are actually stripped of their electrons. The nucleus of atoms are actually smashed together. And by that smashing of, 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 the, of the particles together, it releases energy. Fusion happens. Fusion is our marriages. Fusion is actually, the, is actually Christ in the church. The fusing of these together actually releases energy. There's enough energy in a cup of seawater, the equivalent of a barrel of oil. You put energy into a fusion reaction, more energy comes out. If you want an illustration of this, I think it is Tony Stark's Iron Man glowing chest piece. Oh, now I know what you're talking about. Okay, yes, the glowing chest piece of Iron Man. That is, that is fusion. That's an arc reactor. Energy is released as particles come together, are fused together, and energy smashes out from it. This is our marriages. This is what happens. This is what's as I am, and that is, a, that is scary. It is a scary thing for a man to take charge and know that there's responsibility in his marriage. It's, it's scary and trepidation for someone to say, I'm going to submit to this because maybe they didn't see a good example of this growing up. Maybe it was limiting. Maybe there was no potential released. Maybe it was, it was um, abused. And Christ wants to heal that. He wants us to examine our relationships and see, why am I holding back from this relationship? There's a big trend happening in marriages right now in living together. We live together so that we can, well, because we like each other and we don't want to commit. We want to see if this will work. That actually statistically leads to relationships breaking down. It's not, about, it's not about let's see. Marriage is about let's do. Timothy Keller says, it's not to feel loving, but to be loving, to be tender, to be faithful, to serve you and be unselfish. Not to feel like doing these things, but to do them and be changed by doing these things. 
As a believer, I go through cycles in my life every day. In each one of these relationships, in marriages, in, in being here at work and in the church, in, in raising kids and all these different areas, I go through cycles. And this is how we manifest and experience the love and the power of God, is I start my day before God. I worship him. I talk to him about the things that happened yesterday with my relationships. And it's like, Lord, I struggled in this area. I won in this area. When I talked to this person, it actually provoked anger in me. Lord, I need to know why. Some transference happened there. And all of a sudden I'm like, why was I angry talking to that person? They didn't even do anything. That's the light of God shining in your heart. It's shining into a corner that had a bit of darkness in it. And I take that point and I go to God and I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you provoking in me that needs to be healed? Relationships heal us as they provoke us. This is why we move among people. They provoke us. I take these things and I take them to God and I'm like, I don't even have an answer yet, but God, I'm gonna worship you right now. I'm gonna seek your face. I'm gonna ask for your power, your grace to help me today, to heal me of what I was provoked of. I'm gonna pray for my, my wife. I'm gonna pray for my friends. I'm gonna pray for the people at work. I'm gonna pray for my children. I'm gonna lift them up to you. And I move in and out. I move in and out of this. There was something that happened with Solomon from the Old Testament. I'm really jumping around here, but there was something happened with Solomon, King Solomon in the Old Testament, when he prayed for wisdom. In both places where this, this account is, is in the Bible, in Kings and Chronicles, he says, Lord, I'm like a child. You've given me all this responsibility. I've got a kingdom to, to lead. I feel like a child, and I don't know how to go in and out. He says that a couple of times. I don't know how to go in and out. And all that phrase really means is, I don't know how to go about my business. I don't know how to go about my business. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. James chapter one says, if anyone asks for wisdom, he gets it. He gets it. Wisdom is a practical outworking of righteousness. It is a knowledge of, of good and evil that, that you apply to your life in every relationship that you have to do what's right. One of the most challenging things that was ever spoken to me was by Pastor Fenn when I went to him for coffee when I first came on staff as a pastor here and I said, what do I do? He says, do what's right. Do what's right. I was like, do what's right. And the more I thought about it, I was like, it's a tall order actually. I can do what's easy. I can do what's right. Okay, God help me do what's right. Every morning, God, I don't think I, yesterday I did this right. Father God, give me wisdom to do what's right. When I meet that person again today, help me, help me. Give me wisdom. So I move in and out of my, of my time with God. And then I go on with my day and I exercise what I've been praying for. I pray throughout the day. And then at the end of that day, I'll get up in the morning and I'll do it again. Like, God, that your grace has flown me through me today. Lord, what I experienced yesterday, heal that. Bring your power into it in Jesus' name. I read the word of God. And I let it wash over me and I let it adjust my thinking. 
so that I can be practical in my walk with people as my walk with God comes out in it. I confess my weakness. St. Augustine said, in failing to confess, Lord, I would only hide you from myself, not myself from you. There are some things that we don't want to confess, that we don't want to admit to, and God is waiting for us to admit some things. One of the, one of the most challenging moments I had, I used to work with, uh, I was a teacher's aide with uh, grade eight kids. Math was a challenging time. These kids, okay, addition, awesome. Multiplication, okay. Subtraction, all right. Division. Are you telling me there's more than one step to what I got to do? And they would just like, oh, oh, there's more than one step. Yes, yes, there's more than one step. There's more than one step you got to do. And oftentimes when we're trying to just love people, all these other things will come up and we're like, oh, I thought it was a matter of just, oh, wait, it's provoking this in me. I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to try and make it work. I watch people try to ignore steps doing division. Like, good luck. This doesn't work. And God is totally patient. You can, never, you can never go faster than God in growing yourself and becoming more like Christ, but you can definitely slow it down. You can definitely slow it down. And some of the most freeing times I've had in my life walking with Christ were these moments when the, the light of God shine, shone in and I finally paid attention to what it was shining on and I realized I'm ignoring something here and I've been ignoring this for a while. God, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do this. And God's like, do you want my help with that? I say, yes. Yes, I do. I want that help. And then you see anxiety start to lift off those areas of your life. You see loneliness begin to lift off some areas of, those, of your life as you confess to these things, as you admit to something that God saw all along and you're admitting to now, and then you realize this is what was holding me back. And these things come out through relationships. They come out through the tension that we experience between ourselves. Second Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Spirit of fear is something very palpable. I feel it. But the spirit of power and love and self-control is a decision to follow Christ, to ask the Holy Spirit, come in, fill me again today so that I can be fearless. When I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, I was, I was a very timid person up until that point. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, courage just filled me. I was fearless. I was filled with love for people. And I, I saw others' issues more than I even saw my own. And I asked for this infilling again and again and again. And there's this, this tension of, of just like, oh, just when I'm, I can stop at any point. And I have, I've done that. I've stopped at many points where I just said, no, this is too much. This is too much reality. I can't handle this right now. I think it was T.S. Eliot that said, we can handle reality, but only in small doses. 
And this is kind of what it's like. God is always just like ready to move forward. And as soon as we acknowledge where the light is shining, we confess we don't know what to do with that. I didn't realize that extra step was there. God help me with that. Forgive me. Show me a way forward through that. He'll do it. He really will. He really will. It's really, it's really quiet in here, and I hope this is making sense. But Jesus-filled relationships, they bring light in, they push dark out, and they release power. You will change if you walk in community and you walk with Christ. And if you say yes to everywhere that that light shines. And as you keep on doing that, you will actually see authority grow in you. Couples that are walking in proper relationship to each other as Christ did the church, his bride, will see power released. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. I got like a minute left and I didn't even get through everything I wanted to. But there's power in relationships. You find that all the, all the pieces of armor they talk about in Ephesians 6 that you're supposed to put on so that you can deal with cosmic opposition, you will actually be ready. They will already be on you if you walk in godly relationship and you repent and you walk in healthy relationship with your wives, your kids, your people at work, here in the church. The armor will be there because you've been saying yes to Christ all along. You'll be ready for it. You'll be ready for it. All right, let's pray. Maybe now the keys come up. I'd encourage you to go through the book of Ephesians. It's a short read. But you find that God gives you all the power you need. He is someone who is good. He's a good father and he's worth following. If you ask him to give you the Holy Spirit, he will give the Holy Spirit to you. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father God, there might be people here like me who have been afraid of relationships. And who need to be courageous. They need to be open with their spouses. They need to be open with their children. They need to be open with their friends. They need to be open with their community. They need, and we need the light of God to shine in us and to be courageous enough to see where it's shining and allow you to speak life and healing and forgiveness to us for those areas. We need to be everything that you've called us to be. He says, you prepared us for good works powerful works. We want those things. So Holy Spirit, fill us again in Jesus' name with the power and the love of the Holy Spirit to serve you and love you, to receive revelations of all that you've done for us as you sent your son on the cross to die for us. Help us to receive that love and to act on it in the relationships that we have to do what's right, to humble ourselves, to cry out for our needs and to say yes to you every day. 
you are more than enough. You are more than enough. You have given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and we will follow you in these things. Give us the grace to step out on these things today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, Mitch. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.